0: Welcome to the wellness wave podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Locke, and my goal is to help you help yourself unlock your full potential for receiving abundance and success. Every Monday, jumpstart your week by empowering yourself with knowledge and advice about wellness and personal growth, biohacking and habit stacking, manifestation and nervous system regulation, and so much more. And remember that slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. Wellness is a lifestyle and a movement to create a world full of people who feel safe, strong, and loved. And practicing good wellness habits can have a ripple effect on those you surround yourself with. So with that, let's create waves. Good morning, my dear beautiful lovies. It is a Monday morning. I know in last week's episode I said that Mondays or usually my least favorite day of the week, but this morning I woke up actually really excited to get started because I knew I was going to be recording this podcast. I had so much fun doing it last week. It felt very relaxed and again very aligned. So this morning just feels like good vibes, good soup, It's raining outside. What I find so interesting is for a period of my life, maybe when I was like in middle school, early high school, I was obsessed with rain. And I think it was because I was romanticizing mental illness and like being all sad and mopey indoors. And then I had this 180 flip at some point where I was like, I hate the rain. I want only sun. But now I'm at this point where whatever the beautiful earth brings, I am here for. And on a Monday morning, especially the rain just helps things feel a little bit slower, like you're easing into the week. Even if you have a boatload of stuff to do, like I do today, I sometimes have this issue of overcommitting myself and thinking that I can accomplish way more than I can. And I used to get really disappointed when I didn't get everything on my to-do list checked off. But now I'm just like, eh, whatever happens, happens. The point is, is that we're taking action, we're moving forward, we have a clear vision of what we want. That's the vibe. Anyways, and I've got my my iced Starbucks matcha latte right here. This probably isn't how I should be starting off my episode about wellness, but i got to keep it real with you guys. Keep the authenticity alive. I ran out of my ceremonial grade, no sugar added matcha a while ago now, and I'm just so addicted to matcha that I've been going to Starbucks every day, and y'all know she is loaded with sugar, plus... When you add up the number of Starbucks matcha lattes that I have purchased in the past few weeks, it is way more expensive than investing in a little can of ceremonial grade matcha. So not sure why my brain is working the way it's working, but sugar is addictive. I'm a big believer in everything in moderation, a little treat here and there, good for the spirits. So like a Starbucks matcha latte on a Saturday morning, that's great. But every single day, mm, pushing it just a little, my sugar, I mean, my body is definitely feeling the effects of all the sugar. So going to get back on my grind, healthy girl habits. Let's go this time next week. This is kind of the perfect segue into the topic of today's video, wait, not video. This is a podcast. Come on, Sarah. This is the perfect segue in today's podcast episode. Hmm. I'm going to be laying down some tough love directed at you, but also directed at myself because you got to hold yourself accountable, especially when you're giving advice to other people, you know, so I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. But when it comes to getting into healthy habits or starting projects or achieving any sort of goal that you set for yourself you just gotta start. You just gotta do it. Just do it, as Nike would say. I think most of us are familiar with the concept that you'll regret the things you don't do, not the things you do. And I'm not necessarily talking about doing impulsive, stupid things in the middle of the night with your friends, but projects or ideas or habits that you have been considering and wanting to bring into your life for a long time, but for whatever reason, you just keep pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off. There's going to come a point in your life either where you feel the effects of not taking a certain action. For example, if you never exercise, eventually your muscles are going to atrophy, your bone density is going to lower, and you're not going to have been doing that consistent routine maintenance to make sure that your body stays in good functional shape. And you're, you might suffer injuries as a result of that, whether it's chronic or more acute. Or in other cases, you may have had this amazing idea and you don't take action on it. And then eventually somebody you see that somebody else has taken action and is now profiting off of what you saw as your idea, but it wasn't really your idea. And that is because... Ideas do not belong to us. They are, in my view, they're basically these little blobs of energy that appear um, under a precise set of circumstances. You just you know, kind of have to be in the right place at the right time. Maybe you're in the thick of your flow state while you're working. Maybe you're consuming something that inspires you, whether it's a piece of art or even like a Pinterest post or you're feeling stuck and suddenly, like magic, you have vision, when you just sit down to take some time to breathe and meditate, maybe you're visited in a dream, whatever, there are so many possibilities for how ideas are attracted to us. And I do really believe in the law of attraction. So that when you're when you're creating this Positive, high vibrational, attractive energy, and you're putting effort into cultivating ideas by exposing yourself to situations that you know are going to expire, inspire you, then you're going to attract more ideas that are aligned with what you believe in. The point is, though, that these ideas have an undeniable sense of airiness, freedom, and grandiosity to them, and that they don't really belong to us. So, what this means. Is Unless we take the action to reach out and to grab onto that idea and to rein it in just temporarily while we can transmute some of that energy into creation, then it's that idea is simply going to fly away and leave us for the next person. You can almost view your relationship to ideas like you would your relationship to a person. If you aren't putting in the effort and showing that individual that you love them and care for them and value having them in your life, when times get tough, then that person is just going to walk away. And ideas are the same way. They, they aren't going to stick around if you aren't showing them that you are going to put in the action to manifest them into reality. And would you look back on the relationship with that person and say, like, oh, I owned that person? No, of course you wouldn't. That's called slavery, which we, are, we do not stand. <laughs> um, and ideas are the same. We don't own them. They are not ours to keep. Ideas are literally like food for thought. They don't stay with us. They move through us and we can transmute the energy from them to create something incredible. So here we are, you're like, okay, okay, I get it. I have all these ideas. I just don't know how to take the first step or I feel scared to commit to them or whatever the reason may be. So that's where you you kind of fall into this procrastination pattern. And I wanna point out that procrastination isn't a disconnection. From these ideas. If you're feeling detached from ideas altogether, there may be other blockages and limiting beliefs that you need to work through. But this episode is specifically for people who have ideas, they are visionary, they have a divinely tapped in imagination. When I say that, I don't necessarily mean you're con- you consciously talk to God, but your mind, body, and spirit are subconsciously absorbing inspiration all the time and therefore ideas are more drawn to you. So this is for those who are having issues with procrastination and with blockages that are preventing them from transmuting those ideas into the physical plane. Like I already said, procrastination is not a new thing in the human experience. In Plato's Protagoras, Socrates asks how it's possible that if one judges an action to be the best, one would do anything other than this action, meanwhile, Aristotle used the word akrasia or weakness of will to describe the state of acting against one's better judgment, and something that a lot of research has shown that I've read about in the book *The Power of Habit* by Charles Duhigg, that I mentioned in the, my last episode. He talks about how willpower is actually a finite resource that we don't have in unlimited abundance. So again, like presence, like patience like all of these things it's a muscle that has to be worked those synaptic connections have to be strengthened and it's not going to necessarily change overnight if you if you don't have the best willpower at the moment so you have to be patient with yourself and remember that slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be I say that it's a finite resource but I believe that We can call abundance into our lives at any time. It's just about building that mindset and creating the framework for abundance to to rest on and giving ourselves the space. So I would really recommend if you feel you're struggling with willpower to start with some affirmations, even if they're as simple as saying things like, I am strong, I persevere in the face of challenge, I am determined to accomplish my goals, even when there are obstacles. Saying things like this over and over again, I know it's cliche, but like looking in the mirror and saying that to yourself makes a really huge difference. And in a later episode, I'm actually going to talk about the power of words and how using our voices to literally speak things into existence is one of the most powerful manifesting techniques that we have in our, in our toolbox. But anyways, let's talk about what procrastination is on a neuroscientific level. First of all, it is not the result of laziness or stupidity. Procrastination or willpower is a habit and it can be trained, as I already mentioned. So the two systems involved in procrastination are the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex. The limbic system is the oldest part of the brain. Its systems are automatic. Um, the amygdala, which is responsible for our fight, flight, freeze, fawn response, and anxiety and stress and all of that is a part of the limbic system. So this part of our brain helps us flee from unpleasant situations and danger. It's also largely responsible for habit formation. So when these practices that we are using – the more complex systems in our brains to initially start can eventually become automatic and thoughtless. So yeah, you're going to have to put in the work at first, but the good thing about habit and routine is eventually it's going to be so effortless that you'll forget what it was even like to not have those systems built into your life. But the particularly important thing to note about the limbic system when it comes to procrastination is as part of the brain is wanting us to do what feels good now in this moment. On the other hand, the prefrontal cortex, which is the newer, less developed, quote-unquote weaker part of the brain, is involved in complex behaviors and our personality formation. And this is kind of what's known as separating humans from other kinds of animals. But procrastination is essentially the the battle between these two systems. It's the limbic system versus the prefrontal cortex, what feels good now versus what logically is going to make me feel better in the long term then the question arises are you more motivated by the fear of failure so that fight or flight response within the limbic system or are you more motivated by the lure of success which is the, the prefrontal cortex's ability to visualize an amazing, incredible future. This is where our manifestation, visualization power really begins to take hold and eventually it becomes a habit and the whole brain is like, whoa, juiced up on making things happen. As I mentioned, the amygdala is part of this limbic system and the amygdala is largely responsible for how we cope with challenging situations as a result of the trauma we've experienced in our life. So for a lot of people who are currently struggling with procrastination, research is suggesting that there is a really strong connection to people who procrastinate and people who have serious trauma. And you may not view your trauma as serious, but it might be affecting you much more than you realize, especially because we can have this subconscious intergenerational trauma that my cat is trying to get in the closet. One second. Come here, Bubba. Come with mommy when I record my podcast. Say hi, Rocco. He said hi. You guys just can't hear it. Okay, back to regularly scheduled programming. Hopefully my cats won't be too obnoxious. I have a little baby kitten, and he's kind of a psychopath, so hopefully he doesn't run all over my keyboard like he just did a few seconds ago. (laughs) But so we can have an abnormal response to fear and therefore difficulty regulating our emotions and the limbic system and that trauma response can take control of everything in our body making it really challenging for us to allow that prefrontal cortex to take control but y'all know we about to biohack this bitch I'm obviously not just going to tell you all these things and then leave you hanging being like okay that's great Sarah I'm so glad I know that my brain is messed up now how do I fix it please help me don't worry I got you girl However, before I move any further forward, I want you to tell yourself, I am already healed. I do not need fixing. Say that right now. I'm going to give you a second. Okay, did you say it? Cool. Say it one more time with me. I am already healed. I don't need fixing. There's a big difference between telling yourself that you're broken, you need to do all these transformative things to make your life better, and having a growth mindset where you acknowledge that you're incredible just as you are, but that there's always room for improvement. You know what I'm saying? So just wanted to throw that out there before we move along. Like you're great the way you are. And the more you tell yourself that, the more you're gonna rewire your brain to actually believe it. And one more thing before we move on, I want you to take a big, big sip of water. If you've got some in front of you, then that's perfect. You're already doing the thing. If you don't have water in front of you, please go get a glass because you need to stay hydrated. Where there's water, there's movement, and where there's movement, there is life, baby. Okay, okay. So I'm going to discuss a three-step process to help you overcome your procrastination, start taking aligned action, and step into your power, girlfriend, I know when you've been stuck in a place where your habits are terrible and you know that they're terrible and that they are sucking energy from your life instead of bringing you energy. I know that being stuck in that place can... Bro, my cats are going crazy. But anyways, being stuck in that place can feel like like a cage, like you're trapped, like there's no escaping. You're thinking to yourself, I could never possibly have the life that I see in all of these like you know that girl morning routine vlogs like that could never be me and that the first first step is to overcome your limiting beliefs. So yeah step number one is to identify what has been stopping you from taking the action you would like to be taking. So basically we're answering the question why am I procrastinating? So I encourage you right now to get out your journals, even if you're driving or something like do it later. Obviously, don't journal or text and drive, please. But when you have the time, I would pull out your journal or just like a sticky note notebook. I mean, you can even type it into the notes on your phone, whatever works for you. And just write down the question, why am I procrastinating? And there is obviously a lot to unpack here. And might not be a one, one and done kind of deal. You might have to sit and think on it for a while. But just to give you some ideas to get you started, ask yourself things like, is my body trying to tell me something? Do I need more rest or more nourishing food? Do I have an unrealistic vision of what taking action looks like? Like for example, do you feel that you're going to sit down and do some work And you're never going to encounter any obstacles or any challenges. And if you encounter obstacles or challenges, that means that you suck and you should just give up and stop. That was certainly a headspace that I was stuck in for a while. That's kind of that perfectionist mentality, which can be really damaging. That brings us to the first limiting belief that it is time for you to let go of and that is that everything I do has to be perfect. So what is a limiting belief? I want to clarify what I mean by this. That is an idea or a value or a construct that you have been consciously or, con- or subconsciously programmed to believe over your lifetime. So this could be things you've seen in the media, could be things that your parents have said to you, Or even just ways you've seen them interact and respond to their own triggers, even if they haven't directly projected them onto you. Especially when we're younger, like under the age of eight or seven, our brains are still operating entirely in like a subconscious place. Um, And so we're basically sponges kind of absorbing everything. And all of that gets imprinted into our subconscious. And it can be really challenging to heal those wounds in particular. Like, for example, I feel that I consciously let go of this belief that everything I do has to be perfect a while ago. Like, I know logically that everything I do does not have to be perfect. In fact, beauty is an imperfection. Imperfections are literally your style. They are what keep you interesting and keeps your audience on their toes. I mean, if you... Look at any one of your favorite creators and chances are the way they are doing things is not the textbook definition of perfect. It's their differences and their uniqueness that make them so intriguing to you. So I feel like I let go of this on a conscious level a while ago. However, I do think I had a lot of that fear of imperfection and this desire to have everything be absolutely perfect, otherwise it wasn't worth releasing or putting out into the world, I feel like that is subconsciously something that I am still working through. I've made so m- much progress, like leaps and bounds on that. I mean, I used to literally avoid taking action altogether because I just felt that I wasn't going to be good enough. I mean, which is so unrealistic, especially when you're starting something new. You can't expect to be brilliant at it. Even prodigies start off somewhere. It's so, I want you to write down in your journal I let go of the limiting belief that everything I do has to be perfect. Practice makes progress, not practice makes perfect. A way to overcome this belief is to start being more present during the process of something and also tracking your growth. It becomes super useful here. So, if you want to journal and just keep track of you know, every time you work on a project, write down how you feel afterwards. And if you're feeling bad, try and identify why you feel bad. And when I would do this, particularly with working on music, because I was a music technology major and I originally thought that music was my calling and that that was what I was going to be doing professionally. And it's definitely not out of the the picture. I mean, you could hear at the beginning and end of this podcast that music in the background is by moi. Um, but when I would work on music, especially in college, I would feel so just frustrated and angry at the end of every session that I would work on music. And I have identified that the reason was because I felt like I should have been further along in my progress and that I should be able to troubleshoot things with more ease and that my voice was Too pitchy, even though like it really wasn't like I'm pretty good at. I'm just such a like so anal when it comes to that that it would literally like make my blood boil. And eventually, I realized that I needed to step away from music because it was not bringing my spirit joy anymore. It was really bringing me down, actually, and making me feel unworthy. Um, And now I don't feel that way, which is amazing. Like when I work on music now, it's purely out of enjoyment and I love it again but it doesn't feel like there's so much pressure surrounding it. So when it comes to your own action, your own pro- process and progress, I encourage you to look at what's triggering you while you're working on something and that can be a really good clue as to why you're procrastinating on it in the first place and in some cases there it just may be that you need to step back from whatever you've been putting your energy into like maybe that thing or that that action or that project isn't aligning with what you need in this moment it's not saying it never will align it's not saying if you have a passion for you know making pottery or for computer programming or whatever it is It doesn't mean that it's not supposed to be a part of your life, but maybe you just need to be focusing your energy somewhere else for the time being so you can really get a clear head. However, I hesitate saying that because it's important to acknowledge that you are not going to get through everything that you're passionate and excited about without encountering challenges. And obstacles. And that's why it's so important to learn to love the process of whatever you're doing because when you love the process, you can fall in love with the challenges and with overcoming the challenges and with the high of getting to the other side of that obstacle. This is why it's just so important to figure out where you're at and identify what's really been stopping you from taking action because. There, It could be that your body just needs something else. Your mind needs something else. But it could also be that you just have the limiting belief of what it looks like to, to make progress on an idea or a project. And I just want to throw in once again, because it remains so undeniably true, that slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. And I feel that if you can incorporate this mantra into your daily life, it can make things feel so much less pressurized there's just more space you have time you have freedom to do what really makes your heart sing and you don't have to feel so overwhelmed by it or like there's a rat race like you're not you're not racing to a finish line because this is not a competition with anybody else. I think it can feel really easy to feel rushed and like you have to be taking action every single second and every single hour of every single day, especially with our how social media is evolving with reels and TikTok and how you have to post like 20 million times a day in order to see any sort of growth. I feel like that culture is a little toxic. Don't get me wrong, I love creating reels and I love creating TikToks, but now that I'm trying to turn it more into like a career, I guess it's it does become a little exhausting. But I just have to remind myself that I'm not in competition with anybody. I know there's this phrase People like to say that the market is oversaturated, that there are too many people doing this. But if you think about how many people are in this world, there are enough people for everybody to have a decent sized audience. And I think a lot of those people are going to respect that you take time to care for yourself and aren't burning yourself out trying to appease the Instagram gods I just took a little break to make some breakfast recently i've really been living for just gluten free toast with a layer of hummus some cucumbers the chili lime seasoning from trader joe's if you guys have not tried that before you're missing out i would highly recommend it trader joe's is just the best all around um and then this really good bee pollen furikake seasoning from wonder state mercantile I'm going to link the furikake seasoning in the description it's so good like i said it has bee pollen nori pine pollen all those things are so good for like your thyroid for allergies so many different nutrients it's awesome and you guys should also support her stephanie the owner is amazing she curates sustainably made goods from around the globe and it's also very affordable so I definitely check her out if you know what's good for you chef's kiss and then i just put an egg over it to get that protein. Proteins are the building blocks of life, you guys. So make sure that you're really shooting to get 20 grams at each meal. Highly recommend. It changes your life. Anyways, on to the next limiting belief. Limiting belief number two that I have for you is I have to know what I'm doing to get started. Let me let you in on a little secret Literally nobody does. When you're watching your favorite YouTubers or podcast or listening to your favorite podcast, I encourage you to go back to the very beginning of their channel. Just listen to their first piece of media and their most recent piece of media. And chances are you'll observe a serious difference. There's also the possibility that they've deleted old content and I just want to say like I know that my sound quality is pretty good. I feel like I'm starting this podcast out on a good foot but this is not showing the years and years that I put into audio school or the several YouTube videos that I've made or like the tons and tons of TikToks and Reels that I've made where I'm talking to the camera and I have to chop it up and edit it a million times in order for it to sound good and like I previously mentioned I'm kind of a perfectionist so naturally my content reflects that. Um, So maybe on the surface it sounds like I know what I'm doing but the truth is I spent hours and hours the other day figuring out how to set up an RSS feed but like It was easy to do that but then I realized that my Squarespace account could do it and now I'm trying to figure out how to transfer my RSS feed over to my Squarespace and it's very confusing because there are a lot of words that I don't know even though I am familiar with like building websites and stuff it's still confusing to me and like same with setting up my business email like I set it up or i opened a google workspace account to set it up and made the payment but then i realized that i could do it and get a big discount through squarespace which is my platform that i use all very confusing stuff but here i am doing it it's not like i had somebody hand me a manual or a textbook and be like here's how you start a podcast google is your best friend you guys So there's literally so much out there that can help you get started in any field or industry or project that you want to work on. You just have to do it and you just have to remind yourself and overcome that limiting belief that you have to be an expert to get started on something and to have value to offer the world. I'm not an expert on any of the things that I'm going to be talking about in this show, but does that mean I feel like I don't have value to offer the world? Of course not, because... I mean, you'd go to your friend for advice on like a relationship, even though they're not an expert in relationships, right? So it's kind of the same thing here. Like, Just because you don't have a degree or a license or certificate or whatever doesn't mean that you aren't full of wisdom and knowledge. And I really believe that we all have deep, profound internal wisdom that we just maybe don't have the tools to unlock yet. But with some of the practices that I'll talk about in this show, you can unlock those things. And you already know all the things that I'm telling you in this show, in your DNA, in your blood, in your history. You know, it's in you. You just maybe don't know how to translate it yet, if that makes sense. On to limiting belief number three. Every project I work on has to be monetized or help me financially. Mm, girl in today's society especially with all of the inflation happening I know this one weighs heavy on a lot of us because we have only so much time in the day right and a lot of us aren't getting paid what we deserve to be getting paid and maybe you don't even realize yet that you deserve to be making more money than you are but a lot of us are seriously undervalued especially with how expensive things are, like I said. So it can be very tempting to creep into that mindset of, okay, if I'm going to start this hobby or this project, then it's got to be something that can be lucrative for me and make me money. First of all, let me just say, not the case, because things can bring you value in so many other ways other than money. You can view these hobbies as investments for your soul, for your spirit, which in turn are going to uplift you and give you the energy and space to put more effort into your financial endeavors. But then on the other hand, the second part of that is if you want to make money doing something, you absolutely 100% can. Because like I already said, you have so much value to offer and therefore you deserve to be compensated for it because the unfortunate reality is we do need money to survive in this world. But I think there's a big difference between doing something you love and effortlessly manifesting that it will bring you whatever kind of abundance you need and doing something you maybe love but have this intense desperation energy behind. I'll go back to my experience working on music For me, when I was in college, I felt that the only thing that I could do to bring me happiness and to bring me financial success was music, but I knew that music was a career field where it was difficult to make a lot of money, and so I would constantly feel so freaking stressed, especially when I was in those sessions where I would already be feeling anxious because I didn't feel good enough. And I would just get into this horrible headspace of like, wow, I suck at this and it's my only way that I'm going to be able to make money and I'm not going to be able to make money because I suck at it. It's just that loop of like despair and desperation. And I promise you that coming at anything with a desperation energy is not going to turn out good for you. If you're feeling really desperate about calling something into your life, You got to step back and see the big picture. Ask yourself what's the worst thing that can happen if you don't receive what you're trying to call into your life for some reason and let go of that attachment to what you think is going to make you happy and also reflect back on your life and think about times when you had really high expectations for how something was going to make you feel and then you felt disappointed. That's kind of what a desperation energy is. So the key here is not to expect things to happen, but rather just know in your bones that things will happen. And the best way to get to that place is just by saying affirmations and by training your mind to believe in yourself and to trust that the universe is going to bring you In line with whatever is going to make you the happiest. And I suppose when I say happiest, I mean the most fulfilled because obviously we can't be happy 24 7 because life is just constant up and down. But, point being that whatever you envision is going to make you feel the most fulfilled may not actually be the thing that is going to make you feel most fulfilled. And you're not going to be able to see that until you have retrospect and you can look back. But the key here is to just trust the universe. Trust that your body knows what it's doing more than your mind knows what it's doing. So I really encourage you to listen to what your body is telling you in these cases and learn how to decipher intuition and anxiety. I don't have time to get into that into this in this episode, but I encourage you to follow me because I, at some point in the not-too-distant future, will be releasing an episode discussing kind of fear versus intuition and how to tell the difference. So stay tuned. So those are the three main limiting beliefs that I think a lot of us deal with that I know I personally have struggled with. Obviously, there are many more possibilities for, for things that are limiting your mindset and your expansion capabilities, but those are the three that I, I think it's a good place to start. And of course, over the course of the Wellness Way podcast show, I will dive into more. So yeah, once you've started doing the work to overcome those limiting beliefs and you have clearly identified what has been keeping you from taking action in the first place, now it's time to create an actionable plan that will help you when you're in the face of those limiting beliefs and those like procrastination triggers, if you will. My first piece of advice would be to label what exactly it is that you want to take action on because unless you have that clearly defined, it's going to be difficult to break it down into smaller steps. And that also includes pinpointing why you want to take that action so, for example, I want to start drinking my no-sugar-added, healthier, ceremonial-grade matcha every day and stop drinking Starbucks matcha lattes every day. Why? Well, one, I want to consume way less sugar than I've been consuming in the past couple of weeks, and two, I want to spend way less money than I've been spending in the past couple of weeks obviously, this is a really simple and small example. But the cool thing is that you can pick small things to work on. And I honestly think that's the best way to, to achieve your goals is to break things down into smaller habits. But like, for example, this could be a smaller goal under the bigger arching, bigger overarching goal of I want to eat healthier because I know it'll fuel my body and I'll feel more energized and I'll have a stronger immune system and yada, yada, yada. But you see how it kind of did that so like if you're saying i want to work out more then you could break that down into a smaller goal of i want to go for a walk every morning first thing or i want to you know do 10 cat cows first thing when i wake up every morning whatever breaking it down into like smaller little actionable steps but then you could scale it to something bigger such as i want to start a candle making business okay, so you want to start a candle making business. First question, do you know how to make candles? Well, that would probably be your first step, right? Learn how to make candles. Okay, well, there are so many different aspects to making candles. So you need to do research first. You need to figure out like what kind of wax you want to use, what kind of wicks you want to use, how big of the candles do you want, what kind of jars do you want to use, um, And then once you've done all that research, you can start collecting, you know, what you need to sell or like maybe you need to raise some money. How are you going to raise that money? Are you going to do like a GoFundMe? Are you going to set aside some savings every once in a while? You know, and then once you actually are ready to start your business, okay, you need to do some some research on what kind of website platform you want to use. Do you want to use Shopify? Do you want to use Squarespace? And then you need to figure out how you're going to package your candles. You just see, like it's possible to to break down every single actionable step into smaller steps. And I find this super helpful because I would consider myself a visionary. I am very much like big picture large-scale kind of vision ideas but this can become troublesome when it's time for me to get stuff done because i can just feel really easily overwhelmed but that's why like making lists i'm such a list girl breaking things down so like if we just take one aspect of that i want to start a candle making business okay so you don't know how to make candles first step is how do i make candles and this is literally as simple as going onto YouTube and Googling or searching how do I make candles and then you can fall into the rabbit hole or whatever. But it doesn't have to be so strenuous and complex and that's something I've struggled with is, is feeling like oh, I've got to like be all or nothing. I've got to burn myself out if I'm going to be successful at this. But that's just not the case or another tendency is that people will overcomplicate things and feel like a system has to be so complex for it to be workable and meaningful and effective. Again, just not the case. So obviously that's kind of more big picture stuff. When it comes to taking action on a daily basis, um, do the worst first. Eat the frog, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to say that making the podcast is like the worst part of my day by any means. I actually love it. However, I know that if I do other things such as like doing my marketing work or writing blog posts before I record my podcast, I know that there's a pretty good chance the podcast is not going to get done because I'm just going to be tired because it does take a lot of mental energy. Um. And like even physical energy, just talking. And I, I am like the kind of person that moves my hands around a lot when I talk. I'm very like, um, what's the word? Maybe animated. Is that the right word? I don't know. Point being, I need to get this done first thing on the first day of the week, first thing in the morning, or else it's not going to happen. And I feel really good about it. I feel like I'm doing this. Woo! Another thing that helps me stay on top of tasks is to use the Pomodoro Technique. Essentially, what this is is 20 minutes on, 5 minutes off, 20 minutes on, 5 minutes off, and then 20 minutes on, I believe, 15 minutes off. I mean, you can really make it as long or as short as you want. And you can even do 10 minutes of work and then five minutes off, 10 minutes of work, five minutes off if you're really, really struggling to get stuff done. But chances are by the time you actually get into the groove and you get started, you'll just keep working. That's what I've found with myself at least. Um, And it kind of puts a little bit of that challenge that like pressure, but, but not like an uncomfortable pressure, but just like a nice steady like. You know, you kind of race with yourself to get things done in the the period of time that you've given yourself. And the last piece of advice is to give yourself a reward when you've accomplished goals that you've set for yourself. Um, this requires doing a little bit of tracking of whatever you're working towards. Because obviously you can't reward yourself if you don't have evidence that you actually did the thing that you said you were going to do. I mean, I guess it could just be in your head, but I find it easier when I write stuff down and that way you can also see a bit more growth um, over the long term. But so, for example, every night I my goal is to put my phone down and not take it into the bedroom or at least not scroll on social media before I go to bed. And instead, I would like to read a book during that time. So if I make it through a whole week doing that, then I'll allow myself to buy a new book. You get the picture. At the end of the day, when it comes to creating these goals, building these habits, and overcoming procrastination, you have to be willing to kind of sink into the uncertainty of not knowing how it's going to play out. You you know, you might put a ton of effort and energy into something and it may not work out, but there's a reason for it. I really believe everything happens for a reason, but you won't know what the outcome is going to be until you try. So at least give it a shot, you know? You don't want to regret not doing something that you are so excited about the potential of just because you're scared of it not working out. That is such a small place to be stuck. So I know that some parts of this episode were just really to the point and matter of fact and that's just the way it is. If you really want to see lasting changes in your life you've got to put in the energy and the aligned action or stuff just isn't going to happen and you're going to stay stuck in the same patterns that have been you know making you feel unworthy you can't expect things to simultaneously change and stay the same. So if you want to see different results, you gotta gotta change your approach, you know? But you can totally do it. I one thousand bajillion magician percent believe in you. And I believe in me too. We have got this girlies. We are taking aligned action. I love that phrase, aligned action, because truth is, you're not going to manifest stuff just by sitting on your couch all day. But you will manifest by sitting on your couch for 10 minutes, doing some deep breath work, and then maybe for another 10 minutes doing some journaling, and then taking the steps that you need to be taking. You know, you don't got to burn yourself out. You don't got to drive yourself crazy but you do got to do the work, especially if you're a generator like me. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to say because I've been listening to more on human design recently. If you're not familiar, you should learn about it because it's super fascinating. But once again, not everything that works for me and advice that works for me is going to be the best advice for you. So if this doesn't resonate with you and you just are listening to this and you're like, that is some bull honky, (laughs) then that's okay. You don't have to you know, I'm not, again, like I said, I'm not an expert. I'm not like some guru. I'm just trying to give you the toolkit that has helped me to see growth and success. Anyways, I hope that you all have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your week, that the Monday is starting out great for you. And if it's not starting out great, then you're going to manifest that turnaround, baby, because energy doesn't lie and you have the power to transform your own energy. So, I encourage you to do that, you know, all, all is well, all is good, life be popping, and have a great day, bye. Thank you so much for joining me this week in the safe space of the Wellness Wave podcast. If you would like to support me and my channel, I would be so grateful if you left a Spotify or iTunes review, followed me on my social channels at Slock Sounds or at the Wellness Wave Pod, or shared with a friend or family member who you know would infinitely benefit from listening. Until next Monday, have a beautiful week with the intention of creating waves.